Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Our Perspective. It's Mariah here, and here we have who? Hello, my name is Cassandra. I go by Cass. Um, I have a YouTube channel. It's Bad Gal Cass. Okay. Follow me on Instagram. It's Cass the Migo. You know, like Casamigos, because I'm fun. <laughs> Period. Not get you lit. Period. Period. Um, so today's episode, we're going to be talking about uh, a statement that I saw on Twitter, and it is, a romantic relationship is not a replacement for therapy. So let me hear a little bit of your take on this. I agree a thousand percent. If I could, like, stamp that and make that a model for life and imprint it in everyone's brain, I would, um a victim of you know running from my mental health issues in the past and filling that void with relationships situationships all the ships you could think Mm -hmm. I actually um because we are overcoming it but I in the mental health world deal with depression and anxiety I also have borderline personality disorder which is very complex. And when people hear the word personality disorder, they assume like I got split personalities and it's like, nope. Um, in the best, simplest terms, I am hyper vigilant of everyone, their actions, their tone, their motives. It causes me to be very distrusting of people's intentions. So mm-hmm. it's definitely a hard road to navigate, but I wake up every day and I show up as my best self because before any mental health issues, I'm savage, okay? Okay, okay, okay. We are not okay. savages, okay. we are bad bitches. Okay, so period. And besides the fact that I'm crazy, um, I have a degree in psychology, and I'm currently doing grad school for clinical mental health counseling. So I'm trying period. to, you know, figure this out, help people understand themselves more. And mm-hmm. I'm also a super mega advocate for the black and brown community figuring out what's not working for them and trying to fix it because mental health is not discussed a lot in mm-hmm. you know our black and brown communities it's constantly stigmatized as a bad thing but I'm like no I wear it proudly and I stand mm-hmm. on that like you know people mm-hmm. tend to get ashamed of like oh I have depression I'd be like you got got depression I got trauma but you know what that makes me funny okay okay because what black people will do is make a joke <laughs> Girl, I'm I'm a cry, but one thing I'm gonna do is crack a joke. I'm gonna cry okay. and crack a joke. Okay. First, I want to say I'm very proud of you for even mentioning your mental health um history as far as what you go through as well because that is something that takes a lot of um pride and I I would say encouragement. So thank you for doing Ew. that. Um, and I wanted to say too that I also. I feel like I felt a victim of utilizing relationships as therapy too and being on the other side, like feeling like I am someone's like go-to like mother, father, freaking counselor, whatever, like all of the above. And it was, it became very stressful in the relationship. So um, I want to dissect the difference between therapy and a relationship during this episode because I feel like this is something that needs to be addressed um and people who are even I guess dating or in a relationship whether they've been in a relationship for two days or a year definitely need to sit down and have this conversation about setting boundaries with stuff like this and acknowledge who can would it be beneficial for someone to seek therapy in their relationship or like where they stand so what do you think is the difference between therapy and a relationship one right off the bat a therapist a psychiatrist a psychologist because all three are very different Mm -hmm. they are trained for this they have the proper tools and utilizations to help you get through whatever you're getting through or acknowledge even what you're going through because you know at times we tend to be going through stuff and just brush it up I'm stressed like I'm upset and it's like sometimes sometimes y'all something's broken 
and mm-hmm. you have to you know find somebody to fix that you're not gonna just go into like walmart and find someone that just works there to help you mount the tv like no you may go to home depot you may go to somewhere where they specialize in certain things so that right off the bat is like a therapist psychiatrist psychologist even a guidance counselor they were given the tools to help you navigate that space whereas you know whoever you're in relationship with or dealing with just there so you can vent and while venting feels great in that moment you don't get to really dissect what's happening you get to really get to the root of the problem mm-hmm. and it's also like you have to be therapy I tell people this all the time therapy is a space to help you heal and build and grow like mm-hmm. I said with venting you're just expressing yourself with therapy they're giving tools like I'm in therapy I do dual therapy I see a therapist one week and I see a psychiatrist the next week it's helped me become less reactive and be able to and be like hold on we're upset but like what are we upset about right now and then right. it kind of gives you the the space to speak to your inner child whereas like you know you're in a relationship and you're venting or even friendships and you're venting you're just venting and your friends or your significant other may give you things that feel good and give you options and actions to follow through with but at the end of the day it's just conversation and therapy mm-hmm. can be conversations but they're there's conversations where someone's going to hold you accountable if this is what you said you were going to do last week and you didn't do that Mm -hmm. like my therapist give me homework and they'd be like so did you do that and I'd be like if I didn't do it they'd be like okay so we don't have anything to further discuss because you're supposed to do what you needed to do and then come back with that and then it's another Mm -hmm. conversation about why you're not doing what you're supposed to do like where is this coming from and it's it in the moment you may feel like well you know this is dumb this is redundant whatever the case is but therapy is a tool. It's a vehicle. It's a space for you to really show up and show out and get to be your true self underneath all that, you know, trauma mm-hmm. experiences, environmental shit. Whereas mm-hmm. like a relationship, a relationship is like, it's cool. It's fun. Therapy yeah. is cool and fun, but therapy is hard work. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's the number one difference. Yes. People are paid to do this. okay <laughs> yes i want to piggyback on the accountability aspect i feel like i even for my friends i've have been the person to like okay check in on how my friends mental health are doing and how is this going and how is this going but i necessarily may not even have all the answers that they need that will fit what they need to do and like you said the therapist gets paid and they have the tools even though i study psych i'm still not there at a level to where i can even do therapy but I can definitely be there for their mental health but I cannot like fully support them in the aspect that they need whether whatever they need pretty much um so and a relationship is supposed to be intimate like intimate and well a relationship is what anyone defines it pretty much but intimate with your partner in in a way where you're not draining them at the same time with the stuff that you have um the your baggage or your trauma um I feel like it's important to maybe share your experiences with each other but don't depend on the person to give you answers or to fix something that was there way before they even came along um and therapy will definitely give you the tools to how how to effectively communicate with somebody how to um place boundaries with someone who was hurting you and x y and z so i want to um also pinpoint the fact that i also go to therapy and i studied psych i have a bachelor's in psychology but i did not start therapy till last year and i found oh, girl, myself i started therapy last june do not even chase <laughs> i did therapy as a kid but as a kid my mom made me go to therapy because it was like you're bad and you're not listening and i wasn't bad i was just acting out because i didn't know how to express myself and you pinpointed it like therapy teaches you how to affect communicate because one thing mm-hmm. one of my exes used to say to me like feelings are not facts you're entitled to your feelings and you're allowed to feel how you feel and express how you feel but when you're communicating to someone you can't feel the same way so you need to speak on the facts of the situation because facts are facts that that and if I knock your cup over, I knocked your cup over. Like, there's no, there's no, knocked my cup over. Well, I knocked it, smacked it, hit it, pushed it. I touched your cup and it fell over. And that's, that's one thing I feel like people don't know how to properly navigate discussing the facts of 
conversation instead of their feelings because you can discuss your feelings and someone just hear well I I I and you made me feel and you made me feel and then it makes them feel defensive and you know wholeheartedly someone could have disrespected you and made you feel how you feel and that you know I tell I work with kids I tell them all the time your feelings are your feelings but you cannot then be disrespectful and dictate how someone reacts to you Mm -hmm. whereas Mm -hmm. if you navigate you know properly based off of actions of the situation then you know it's up for discussion and people from the outside without having to know how you feel can either agree disagree or share insight like yeah these are the actions of the situation this is what happened let's further branch off of this right right I feel like the most effective way is to include both though like this is what happened and this is how it made me feel now you're pretty much effectively communicating like okay I know this is ha- this happened and this is a fact but you may feel different than I do and right. I feel like that's when you have effective conversation. People do not understand that. And it could be as simple as that. You knocked my cup over. Like, that's what happened. And this is how it made me feel. But right. people, people just don't understand. <laughs> don't understand. Um, so, yeah. I And I felt like I was a little bit of a hypocrite because of the fact that I'm studying this and I haven't even utilized this resource myself. Meanwhile, I'm going through X, Y, and Z, and I'm losing my fucking mind. Like, so I started therapy last year in August, actually. And this woman is like amazing, yo. She is amazing. She's a um, licensed clinical social worker, pretty much what I want to do. She's like my mm-hmm. ultimate goal. And she's literally helped me navigate how to communicate. And I'm still learning how to set boundaries because I don't know how to say no. But it's oh I'm acknowledging that it's a work in progress. Like you don't go to therapy and expect the first session you have it all together. No, it takes time and it takes the work. You have to show up for yourself too. Um, so a thousand percent. And it's funny because I started I started therapy in June and then I um started seeing my psychiatrist in November. Yeah. So I started seeing a psychiatrist because as I was going to therapy, I was like, you know, this is great. This is amazing. But like my anxiety is going to make me have a heart attack. Like I'm yeah. a very anxious person because I'm a worrier and just, you know, different circumstances growing up and like seeing my mom, my mom was a single mom. So always having to make sure you're planning 10 steps ahead. I somewhat un- inherited that from her. So I'm always like, you know, yeah, we're in this moment and I should be enjoying this moment, but I'm thinking about the next three moments and preparing for all situations of that. So like I started seeing psychiatrists because I actually am medicated on top of doing therapy. And I think that has helped me so much more and pushing Mm -hmm. my progress through that because it's like, okay, you know, the medication helps me stay kind of on a scale of just like, you know, I still get anxious sometimes, but it's less. Mm-hmm. so I'm able to then you utilize the tools from therapy of able to like okay ground myself what's in the room or just being able to like think myself through the situation and not have to like ground for the pass out because prior to therapy I used to text my best friend almost every day like ground for the pass out I'm about to pass out right now <laughs> to, like calm down and I'm, like, I'm trying I'm about to throw up and pass out mm-hmm mm-hmm can, do you mind explaining the difference between a psychiatrist, a psychologist, and a therapist? Yes. So a therapist is basically like a licensed social worker. She is. Mm-hmm. She can be a therapist. So it's, it's mostly, it's kind of semantics, but not semantics for real, because psychiatrist is the highest level in the sense of psychiatrists are doctors so psychiatrists can prescribe medication they can do um neurological tests they can do you know the different tests that people take to get diagnosed and stuff whereas Mm -hmm. a therapist and a psychiatrist are almost on i mean therapists are almost on the same level a psychologist is just more so someone who has a degree in psychology whereas a therapist the umbrella is broader So, like, your therapist didn't go to school for psychology, but she is a therapist because she's a licensed social worker. Mm -hmm. But, like, a psychiatrist is at the top simply because, like, they're a doctor. (laughs) Yep. And psychologists are also 
more on the research aspect of psychology, like your brain and stuff like that. Whether, yep. When a psychiatrist prescribes you medication. And you mostly, well, when I was in school, I've talked to my um, advisor and she's a psychologist and her mother's a psychiatrist. And I told her, I want to go to school for therapy. And she told me, uh, my main goal was to go to um, grad, um, not grad school, what do you call it? Med school, because I wanted to mm-hmm. be a psychiatrist. And she said, you don't want to do that if you want to talk to people. Because she said, right. psychiatry nowadays, they don't really talk to their clients. They write up a note and that's it. And I'm like, yep. what the hell? When, <laughs> yeah, it's funny because I was going to a different psychiatrist in October. It was a man. And I like, this was my first time meeting him. Met mm-hmm. him, we talked for 20 minutes. And then he prescribed me two different medications and I was just like okay I'm gonna he prescribed me bipolar medication and this is no shade to anyone who had who deals with bipolar I know mm-hmm. it is a very like aggressive thing depending on where you are in it but I was just like girl I do not have bipolar please leave me alone so I left <laughs> that there and I took the script for anxiety and depression because I was like bipolar you're bugging it's not given that it's not mm-hmm. given that and I spoke to my therapist about it and she was like oh no like and I think that's why sometimes, and that's why your advisor told you, like, psychiatrists really just write scripts and send you on your way. And it sucks. Whereas, like, my psychiatrist, like, she just wrote me a new script for my medication. I was on the other one from the previous one, but she just wrote me a new script. And we've been meeting for months. So she does, like, sit down and talk to me and we go, go over stuff. Because, you know, medication isn't for everyone. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think that's the connotation that people sometimes associate with going to therapy, like, oh, you're going to get put on medication, and then, like, you're going to be a vegetable, like, you're not going to have your pizzazz anymore. And, you know, right. I was nervous about that as well, too, because I'm like, I was said to my mom, like, I'm gonna go to therapy, and then I'm going to heal all my trauma, so I'm not going to be funny anymore. Because mm. trauma makes you funny. And I was, mm. I was seriously scared of that. But mm-hmm. my therapist was like, that's not a thing. Like, if you're funny, you're funny. And you still have your trauma stories. It's just not hurting you anymore. And I was like, you right, know what? Right. You're right. You got that. I never even thought about that, honestly. <laughs> and, and literally, literally. These, this is what my brain does. Oh <laughs> I'm just my. like, I'm going to lose the trauma and I'm not going to be funny anymore. And even with going on medication, like, there's, depending on what you're on, because there's so many different classes of medication mm-hmm. and antipsychotics are the highest because that's for people with like schizophrenia and stuff like that right, to help with the right. hallucination and the you know the voice that you may hear whereas like antidepressants are solely just to like level you out mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I think there's not enough like if I if I could you know hit the lotto and make a million dollars literally like talk to whoever I need to talk to to have mental health in more in the cities where black and brown kids are so that way they can understand what exactly it is because I feel like yes there's a lot of you know people like us in the psychology social work field and all that but that's because they've had a burning desire for it whereas like this information should be accessible to anyone even if you don't want you should be able to know like what it is and know what's going on with you and be able to properly advocate for yourself and stuff because I see so many people that like there's kids nowadays I work with fourth graders they be in there like anxious and I'm like baby calm down like mm-hmm. somebody there's someone for you to talk to about this so I think this conversation that we're having right now is super important and I meant to say like when we first started thanks girl for even bringing this up because no you problem. know in society it's just like you you're you're stressed whatever people think money solves everything while money is great, I know mm-hmm. if I had money and bought a Rolls Royce right now, I would still be crying in a Rolls Royce if I wasn't doing therapy and doing the healing and all that. So, like, and this money is can only what, yes. so much. Yes, yes, yes. And this is my point that I try to get when people say that money buys happiness. Money does not buy no damn happiness. You are still going to be depressed. You are still right. going to be sad. Once, once your excitement goes over that you have all the things that you want you're gonna be lonely in your brain bro you're gonna be lonely so i wanted to also uh, piggyback on what you said about medication medication is something that i was also nervous about i'm not currently on it but that's why 
I decided who I want to speak to, a psychiatrist or a therapist. Mm-hmm. Some people, everything, I'm like jumping on my words. <laughs> different mm-hmm. things work for different people. <laughs> um, like my my therapist is more of like a mentor and more to help me like navigate my mm-hmm. feelings. But when I was younger, I didn't really have the opportunity to express myself, which is why I got into writing to help me express my feelings and stuff like that. But verbally, I'm quiet. Like, I'm not telling you nothing. Now, I can't stop talking. But I also went, this was like a couple months ago, I went to my doctor, my primary care doctor, for a physical, and she asked me, like, how I've been feeling and stuff like that. And I told her I was just because of school, blah, 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 blah. Why this lady prescribed me anxiety meds? Like, you haven't even looked at my brain. I've only been here 15 minutes. Honestly, I think it's because of how much the suicide rate is jumping Mm -hmm. with, you know, our age and our demographic that doctors are, would rather be more precautionary and preventative than, like, writing it off as just like okay she's going through stress because you know stress also kills people like and yeah. anxiety kills people and I think but I agree with what you said of like girl you don't know nothing why are you giving me these meds because girl mm-hmm. let me tell you a funny story that just actually happened yesterday I started this new anxiety medication and perfect example of why you don't just prescribe anybody anything mm-hmm. not to have me at work throwing up oh my goodness like because the side effects of these medications are so strong. And like, um, I told one of my friends, he's a nurse and he was like, Oh, like, unfortunately that's something like until your body gets adjusted to it, you're going to be thrown up. So you have to get uh, anti-nausea slash anti, you know, vomiting med. And I was just like, right. Right. This is going to ruin my life. Like, I don't like throwing up. Throwing up is gross. And it Mm -hmm. takes a lot for me to throw up. So I was at work, like I'm going to pass out because Mm-hmm. and that's a, not great that's what people don't know that it takes it takes at least three months for your body to get immune to a psychiatric right. medication and i work with clients who have schizophrenia borderline personality autism and pretty much everything in the book they're mm-hmm. nuts but i love them but um agreed one of my clients she she's pretty much in my age group and she takes she is schizophrenic and she takes a anti-psychotic med. It's a sedative med. So this mm-hmm. medication, she's on, I believe she's on too much of milligrams of it. But it causes her not to function. Like, she cannot function when she takes it. She's sleeping. She's peeing in the bed. She's drooling. Well, she's literally, like, she's capable of getting her license, going going to school, driving a car, all this stuff. But it's like the medication is, like, weighing her down. And that's where I feel like there's a lot of fucked up injustices in this, like, field where people do not care. And being on, like, both sides of it, it's like, okay, I'm in this position. I'm her case manager. I want to advocate for her. Y'all giving her too much. But it's like, they they don't give a shit. She, they're basically like, she's going to be here forever. She hasn't changed behavior, da 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 But you, how much meds are you giving this girl? And she's only whatever age she is. She's literally our age group. So yeah. I feel like depending on what age you enter this field, like from a client side, it's like people, a lot of professionals give up. And that's something that I do want to bring to light more because I see it too much. I agree. Um, and it, it's crazy because I used to work in group homes. So I see, I used to have to give residents meds and stuff. And I was like, this seems like a lot. Or like, you know, they're getting meds at 8 a.m., 12 p.m., 4 p.m., 8 p.m. And it's just like, Mm -hmm. they're not functioning. And now I also, so I work at a school during the day. And then in the evenings, I'm a pharmacy technician. So I fill people's scripts. I put in meds. Like I, you know, do the drop off and stuff like that. And Mm -hmm. certain times there's you know there's the frequent flyers of people who are always getting something and it just makes me think like are doctors prescribing stuff to help or are they prescribing stuff to sustain sustain like whatever is wrong and I think that you know a topic for another day because we're really going to get into it we're coming for you doctors who are writing scripts for people and just over medicating them and not actually helping because you're Mm -hmm. not doing your job Mm -hmm. yeah girl Mm -hmm. I agree with you I've seen Mm -hmm. it I definitely 
know what you mean of like can I advocate for her because y'all wilding out right now no for real for <laughs> real and this is a client who looks like me and everyone else is like like do y'all even understand half of the shit she went through like right no <laughs> that's oh uh, this it's is why I'm so passionate about psych because y'all y'all need to fix your shit <laughs> immediately uh, no for real um another thing I wanted to ask you um what are some things from your experience what are some things that are brought up in a relationship that affects you both as far as your mental health um let me start at the top of the list no um (laughs) I think just in general communication right like I have a rule that and I I've said I say this to everyone that I've ever dealt with like the moment you scream at me in an aggressive manner like we we're you know there's going to be arguments stuff like that but the moment you're screaming at me like I'm a dog or like you know I'm someone who's incompetent and can't understand Mm-hmm. that is the moment everything will shift because you need to be able to speak to me in, in a respectful manner no matter how upset you are like everyone right. has moments where you know I'm, I'm overwhelmed I'm upset I may be snappy happy whatever the case is but the moment you speak at speak to me in a way that makes me feel like you're gonna hit me mm-hmm. out of there you know mm-hmm. I can there's certain things we could come back from but a DV or almost DV baby I'm gone let me get my skates so I can get up out of here (laughs) and I think communication is number one like communication really affects people's mental health and people don't realize like tonality the day we talk you know for me I'm an overthinker you leave a blank space oh baby I'm filling it with a whole storyline and don't Mm -hmm. care because I feel like I over communicate and not in a bad way just like I don't want to leave any loose ends for anyone to feel like well, Cass didn't say this, so let me think. No, 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 no. Don't even worry about that. Cass gonna fill it in. I'm. Mm-hmm. You're gonna be no open spaces for you to think anything because I know how important communication is to me. Whereas, like, especially in a new relationship, you're both trying to kind of tread lightly because you know you like the person. So you know you're also in the honeymoon phase. So you wanna, oh, babe, what's wrong? You know, I'm here for you with anything, and and while that's important. Sometimes I I realize people tend to say that, but not actually understand the importance of like saying like I'm here if you want to talk and showing up when it's time right. to talk. Right. Yeah. And I feel yeah. like sex also interferes with people's mental health. Like. Mhm. Mm-hmm. And I don't think people understand. Like you know, like sex is cool. Sex is great. It's good. Like I like me a little sex sometimes, but. Mm-hmm. If I'm, like, in a space where I'm, you know, going through whatever the case is, like, or even just a bad day, like, sex doesn't solve everything. Sex don't really solve nothing but getting a nut off and releasing some, you know, some dopamine, like, in your brain. That's it. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. having to, and I I firmly believe in this, and my best friend showed me a post about this the other day, like, as women, and I say women because I feel like men get to unfortunately narrate dating more than women do but as women like we have to stop dealing with men who don't care about us as a whole and as a whole I mean like outside of just being your man your shorty your nigga whatever the case is like is that man your friend because I know when my friends are going through it girl I'm on my way don't even worry Mm -hmm. I'm in my car I'm on my way if I can't come to you FaceTime me I'll go Mm -hmm. in the bathroom if I'm at work and I feel like as women, and I'm I'm a victim of it too, not now, because I also feel like since I've been in therapy, I've just been like, yeah, you you, you men can't really get next to me like that. Chill out, because mm-hmm. I'm going to hit y'all. Not for real, but I'll hit y'all. <laughs> and I think we tend to let men slide a little bit when it comes to caring about us outside of a romantic sense. Like, as long as, you know, he's he's calling us pretty, he's taking us out on dates, the sex is good, like, it's it's princess treatment romantically, it's fine, but it's like, is, is bro your friend? Like, mm-hmm. do he know, like, you be sitting up in your room stressed out about stuff? Do he, does he know, like, what hurts your feelings? Does he know, like, what really, you know, could give you a bad day? No, but your friends do. When something happens, who are you calling? Are you calling your man or are you calling your friends? Because granted... You, you know, you know, got to call your man for everything. But I just feel like 
if you're rocking with someone, I want my man to be my best friend. Like, mm-hmm. I have girl mm-hmm. best friends and I have a boy best friend, but I, I also want my man to be my best friend because if we're not on that type of time, it feels almost fake kind of like, okay, you're in this box and you can only be my man. But outside right. of being my man, you can't be my friend. And it's like, it should be And I'm laying with you, right. Right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. like laying up with somebody is such an intimate thing. Like, mm-hmm. out just mm-hmm. outside of sex, but being in in the space of cuddling and like being, you know, vulnerable. We in here sleep. You could kill me. Like I'm in my okay. most, most <laughs> vulnerable state. Like you could murder me right now, and you don't. So yeah, we're being vulnerable. So I should be yeah. able to be vulnerable on an emotional level with you. And I'm an I'm an emotional person. Okay. I am mm-hmm. very emotional, and I used to get offended when people would tell me, like, oh, you're just sensitive, and it's like, yeah, I am sensitive, so now that you know I'm sensitive, how you about to move? Because if you still right. about to move how you move, how you moved previously, and I told you I was sensitive, and I told you that I hurt my feelings, baby, there's nothing else for us to discuss. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. My mom told me I'm sensitive, but I take things too literal. No, I'm thinking about how you say it to me, because I know how exactly. you say it to me. Exactly. Like, there's nothing else to say. I took it These words you're saying, you're saying literally have meanings to them. And I'm taking the definition of the words that you're saying to me. Words don't mean anything other than the definition of words. And people be like, right. oh, no, I didn't mean it like that. Well, mean what you say and say what you mean, baby. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. That's my thing. Like, mean what you say and say what you mean. Oh, I didn't mean to say it like that. So don't say it. Don't say right. it. <laughs> like, right. But and I also, I, and I, also for me, I say and I'd be like, ooh, that sounded a little sassy, my bad. And they'd be like, oh, no, like, it wasn't, you're fine. But thank you for, like, apologizing. Because, you know, sometimes we say stuff just, like, in a rush. And you be like, oh, hold on. And I also feel like people don't realize their tonality either. Right, and it's just right. like that tone is going to get you hitting here. Relax. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's my big two. Communication and sex is what could really just do your mental health and when you're dealing with somebody. Because. Both those things are super important, and they're intertwinable. I feel like you mentioning sex is very important, too, because a lot of the times <clears throat> when your partner wants sex, sometimes you just want that comfort, and sex is not going to really do nothing if you're going through something with your mental health. So for your partner to understand that that's not what you need right now and you just need comfort is very important. Extremely. Um, like, I'm crying, yeah. and you sending me a dick pic. I'm blocking you. There's nothing okay. There's nothing for us to talk about. Like, mm-hmm. my sister, she was late to work the other day, and she was upset about it, whatever the case is, and she was texting her shorty. He sent her a video of him beating off. What am I supposed to do oh with this? My I'm upset goodness. right now. Like, and whoever's listening to this, I hope you guys judge him so he can feel the rays of judgment because, like, read the room. Yeah. That would have threw me for a loop, yo. <laughs> read the room, <laughs> my boy. Like, read the room, please. Don't nobody want oh. that. Okay. Okay. Yo, people, see, people just don't connect. Like, the common <laughs> sense is not common. I keep, yo. I'm sad and you're trying to sprinkle dick on top of this. Please get out my face. <laughs> yo, I can't make this shit up. Yo, can't make it up. Um, are you, do you think that you're always in a state of healing or at some point you are healed? My answer to that is no and no. No, um, I'm not always in a state of healing, but I don't think healing ends. So I don't think there will ever be a point where it's like, nope, I'm healed, all done. But mm-hmm. I'm not always in a state of healing because, you know, we're humans and sometimes we revert back to comfort zone. So sometimes I do find myself being like, oh, I'm finna, I'm about to go off. Like, it's loading up. Mm-hmm. I'm about to I'm about to get in that ass and then I'd be like, but that's not productive. Like sometimes I wake up and I'd be like, is it violence today? Or yep. is it violence? Are we choosing chaos or are we choosing, you know, comfort? And mm-hmm. it'd be sometimes it'd be chaos. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie, sometimes it'd be chaos because even though you're healing, the world around you is still the same. Yep. Yep. It's progressing, but it's still the same. So it's still gonna have assholes it's still gonna have people who don't care about how you feel it's still gonna have people who care about how you feel but don't know how to effectively communicate that and that one is gonna sting the most because you know they care but there's a disconnect between the two of you and that's an l you either have to decide to take and still participate in or an l that you have to decide to take and find 
your person or people, village, tribe, whatever, that are going to care about you and also know how to cater to your needs. Mm-hmm. Because said, caring about me means nothing. Like, right. Sorry to say, I don't, you caring is cool, it's cute, but like if you can't care and cater, your care is null and void, baby. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is more prevalent too outside of relationships, especially with family. Family, especially the older generation, like our parents, yes. our cousins, grandparents, and all that stuff, people like see what's going on but don't know what to do. And the result into chaos and violence and anger. And that's where mm-hmm. we get fucked up. <laughs> like, no. A thousand percent. But I do think that we are always in a state of healing because, we, like you said, we're not machines. We are definitely human. But there are going to be multiple occasions where we are triggered. And it's how we handle those situations. Like, we mm-hmm. may say, I'm choosing violence today because I've been provoked, like, five times this week. So I'm going to blow up. But... I'm acknowledging the fact that I've been provoked and you're you're fucking with me. You got me fucked up. So now I got to blow your ass up. But right. now, after that, I can reflect, like, okay, how have I handled this situation better than I've handled it before? Or what are some things that changed now that I am going to therapy or now that I found some outlets or whatever it is? So, and I feel like our healing does not stop. We are always in the state of healing because, like I said, where there's going to be times where we are triggered and let's say like there i'm grieving someone who has died maybe five years ago there's gonna be something that i see that reminds me of them it may have been in the back of my head for the past few months but now i'm in remembrance of them so i'm still healing from that grievance you know um, when you put it like that i changed my answer you got me <laughs> we are always healing because even what you're saying like even if we are triggered and we react a certain way there's the reflection that comes with Mm -hmm. that that we may have not reflected on before so you know what i'm on the same boat as you we always are in a state of healing you got me okay (laughs) i hope y'all tuned in i hope y'all got your airpods in okay right now (laughs) okay okay literally journaling has helped me realize a lot of stuff and realize a lot of patterns in my marital health and my behavior because I'm like I'm ready to get at you when I'm angry but sometimes you just have to like sit back and like really think about this and what does this person mean and even though what they're saying is not what they mean you got to read in between the lines sometimes for people because they don't they don't know how to effectively communicate and this is what you go to therapy for Mm um what are some things with relationships that you are doing or can especially relationships friendships family relationships whatever it is where you are breaking the stigma surrounding mental health and um, therapy um I feel like specifically with my immediate family like I have two brothers and my mom and I actually on this journey of healing and stuff like I'm setting boundaries with them because I love my family but I'm someone who has to love my family from afar I come Mm -hmm. from a a, I'm a first generation I come from a very brute Caribbean family you know love them but they don't get it and you know Mm -hmm. my mom is older my mom's in her 60s so she's definitely not one of the younger Caribbean parents where it's like okay like my kids can you know be more lenient more flexible and understanding of them my mom was just like girl no so mm-hmm. even with me being in therapy and stuff like I don't really discuss with her what's going on but like it may be mm-hmm. like small conversations here and then like when I first started therapy she was in her feelings about it because she felt like you know I feel like everyone can relate to this when you tell a Caribbean parent like or just a, a black or brown parent that like you know this is what happened when I was a child and I feel this way because you may or may not have done this, this, and this. They just hit the, oh, that's a horrible parent. And it's just like, are you listening to the words that are coming out of my mouth? I'm talking about mm-hmm. how this affected me and you're hearing that I said you were a horrible parent. Girl, yes, we ain't even got to yes. talk about it no more. Yes. So now yes. I've also realized to a degree that like love my mom and she helped me with certain financial situations. But unfortunately, I was not, a child raised off love I was a child mm-hmm. raised off of my financial needs being met and 
being safe. Mm-hmm. So everything mm-hmm. for me has been, you know, physical. Whereas like, and I think that's why I am such an emotional person, such a, I feel thing at a thousand percent because as a child, I didn't have that. I didn't have the ability to be like, oh, like this is how I feel, whatever the case is. And like, I think because I had to be such a girl, shut up and sit down as a kid that that's why like anytime someone got like, yeah, hold on, let me talk to you for a second. Mm-hmm. Let me holler mm-hmm. at you. So yep. I think with me being in therapy, that's right there just breaking the stigma with my immediate family of like, you know, they, they live their life of, yeah, this has happened and we're just going to move past it. And I'm like, yeah, no. I even like with my kids, like with kids, I don't have any kids yet. And I mm-hmm. don't plan on having kids until I'm in a space of more healing or being more mm-hmm. healed. Like if I was to get pregnant now, Jesus, hold me down. Don't do that to me. But like, it is what it is. <laughs> I'll be 25 this year, so it wouldn't be weird. But like, I know for me, I feel like my family thought they had it all together. So they had kids, they got married, they bought houses, and then they started to realize they didn't properly heal from whatever, you know, they went through with their parents. So they just put it onto all of us. And it's just like, for me, I refuse to do that. Like, I want my kids to be like, oh, like my mom such a great mom and I feel like my mom was a was a great mom simply because she didn't know anything different than what she knew mm-hmm. if you get that you get that and right. you get that from being in therapy and understanding that like your parents were dead ass people before they were your parents so even right. if they did things as your parents you just got to know like baby we wired different and mm-hmm. now I know how to rock with you so there's certain mm-hmm. things like I actually moved back in with my mom last summer from New York but like living with her for like this past year or so I've been like mm-hmm. we don't have to talk every day so like sometimes mm-hmm. me and my mom don't speak and not in the sense of like oh I'm walking into the kitchen and ignoring her or anything you know I walk into the, into the house hi hello good evening good night whatever the case is but I rested the desire to be besties with my mom for a long time that used to eat me up and you know a lot of my friends are besties with their moms, especially at this age in your 20s, you should be besties with your mom. Mm-hmm. I just don't have that with her. And, you know, it used to, girl used to eat me up like like they was a standing line for that Popeye's chicken sandwiches. used to eat me <laughs> up. But I was able to unpack that and just realize, like, we're, we're two different people and this is our story and it's going to be a cool one if we decide to make it a cool one. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be something that is overly, like, exhausting whereas like my father I cut him off in 2019 he will never get another conversation from me again and that's something I also you know out of my brother my oldest brother his dad lives in England me and my second oldest brother we have the same dad and he you know bottled his feelings and took you know his distaste and things that my father did and put it in his pocket because he was like, you know, that's still my dad. Whereas for me, like, mm-hmm. baby, you could be the Pope. You got me fucked up. You got me fucked up. Right, right, right. I'm the only also person I'm going to be like, mm, you, you did me a little dirty, but I'm going to still hold it down. Is Jesus Christ himself. That's it. Okay. That's it. That's okay. All. Okay. So I'm off. Setting boundaries with people has been my, like, breaking the stigma yeah that's and it's so hard to do especially with your family and the people that you love because it's like you grew up with these people these people took care of you and that's what I tried to explain to my mother because I'm going through the same thing now like she was is a single mother and it was just me and her growing up and although I've got everything that I needed I was spoiled and all this stuff and she sacrificed her life for me and this is this is what she says you are not there for me the way I needed you emotionally and that's where we our relationship falls short. But it's like I'm telling her she wasn't the best mother. And like, I know that you've done the best that you could have done because of what you went through. But there's also the way you talk to me, the way you raise me, the way you discipline me, all this other stuff that is like collateral of what she grew up with. And that's why I'm like so I bring up collateral trauma so much because I believe in it. Like even though my mom went through what she went through when she was younger with her parents and I didn't even have a lick of that when I was growing up, Ver- verbally, yes, I feel like I I went through like half of it because of 
what she didn't heal growing up into who she is now. So now I feel it's that like, a thousand percent. I pay for I pay for half of that stuff because I'm her. And the simple fact that I'm her kid, from directly from her and other people, like uh, other family members around us who know what she went through. Like your mom is crazy, da, 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 da. or this happened, this happened, or your mom did a good job raising you. You're going to school, da da da. da. Yes, but this woman was not there for me the way I needed emotionally. I'm grateful for everything she has done. So like that's where I feel like my mother needs to understand. Like I grew up with a good life. I grew up better than a lot of kids that my age have it. But at the end of the day, emotionally, that's where we fall short. And that's where I'm trying to like set the boundary. Like I want a relationship with my mom and I want everything to be good. But I'm starting to realize that's not what it's going to be, especially with the behavior that's happening. Like I started therapy last year. And sometimes when I say this is bothering me or when you said this, I didn't like that. Oh, you're in therapy. You, didn't you get over that already? Like, excuse me? <laughs> Girl, my mom hit me with that before. And I was just like, you know what? We're going to disengage now. Like, are you We're for real? Disengage. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, sometimes you just can't make this stuff up. But it's like, I know there are things from your childhood and things from your experiences that bother you. And you have not suggested that to do that, whether you feel like you need it or not. Like, but you're telling me I haven't gotten over something. Come on now. Come on now. So definitely very important, especially the relationships between our parents. Definitely, like, mirror how we treat people and get treated in our intimate relationships. But I wanted to the ask you The first moment that. I realized that, like what you just said with how are, are we interact with our family and our parents directly relates to like how we interact with people. The first time I had that brain blast of like, shit, like this is how my mom and my dad interact was such a scary, but like relieving feeling because now I'm able to jump on it and be like, oh, I'm not even going to get upset. I recognize this. This is a red flag. This is an orange flag that might turn red. This is a mm-hmm. flag that might turn orange, that might turn red, or just in general, I don't really like that. And now it makes right. the detachment process from one so much easier. So, yes, mm-hmm. I agree a thousand percent with what you just said. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. And that's that's what we need to learn more as, like, people our age and generation to detach sometimes. Because a lot of people, our parents, grandparents, whatever, we're, we're with someone that we love. We have kids. Whether they're cheating on me, beating me, whatever, I'm staying because that's my man and that's the father of my kids. No, 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 no. That causes so much generational trauma with your with your kids and their kids because if you are not valued in that situation, you don't belong there. And a lot of us now who are our age are starting to realize that. Like, we don't have to put up with half of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to ask you if there is any more you would like to add to this um, segment about um relationships and therapy i feel like this was a great episode yes i feel like it's great as well i can't wait to listen to it i'm gonna act like i don't even know what we talked about and be like oh my god them girls sound so smart i (laughs) think everyone should go to therapy i think everyone should try therapy even if it's not a consistent thing go to at least once or just talk to somebody like Yes. there's things that you're there's trauma that your body is harboring that you don't even know like yes. when I went to meet my psychiatrist her and I talked for an hour and then she like held my hands and was like the foundation that you were supposed to grow on has been broken from the start so there was no way you were going to be able to properly navigate anything and girl when I say I cry like a baby a baby and not in a sad way like she hurt my feelings just in a relieved way of okay so I'm not crazy Mm -hmm. I'm explaining this to someone who didn't experience any of it didn't witness any of it but can just hear what I've been through what I dealt with whatever the case is and is able to understand like girl you ain't have a fair shot from the beginning Mm -hmm. and I think as black people as well like we need to stop pushing the narrative of oh you just gotta work you just gotta hustle like you upset about being broke you just gotta work you just gotta hustle like I've had many jobs. I've had, I always have two jobs. That's the Jamaican in me. And Mm -hmm. people don't realize the toll that depression, anxiety, or just general angst puts on you 
and makes you not want to go to work. Like, I saw this TikTok the other day that was like, you know, people wouldn't know how disastrous depression is unless they stepped in my room. And it's true. Like, how many times is your room messy a week? Like, my room clothes everywhere, shirts mm-hmm. everywhere, books everywhere, because everything is so cluttered and like in my brain that my room is such a safe space to declutter that everything is everywhere else. Whereas like in real life, I have to keep it together. No matter how depressed I am, I got to go to work because I got bills to pay. Mm-hmm. No matter how depressed you are, you, you got to go to school. You got to show up to these things because these are outside world responsibilities. So it's like, even if you can't go to therapy, even if you don't have insurance, whatever the case is, call 211. That's a crisis center mm-hmm. hotline. Yes. Yes. Before I got into therapy, I've I've called two on one and and don't be ashamed. Like and mm-hmm. I will give y'all my deepest darkest secret before we go. I used to be a cutter. I've been nine months. I guess sober would be the word. Self harm and proud of you. Thank you. I remember my last time doing that June seventeenth, and I cried so hard. Like I cried. I had an anxiety attack. I ended up cutting up my arm and I was like bro we can't like we cannot mm-hmm. do this no more because at the reached the point which really pushed me to therapy was like I reached the point of like that month prior to you know self-harming I tried to kill myself I was just like we are on a disastrous road like I did not want to die anymore so I had to figure out like okay pain's never gonna stop pain is a part of life we have to mm-hmm. how to navigate this because I genuinely was like, if I don't get help, I'm going to kill myself and I don't want to die. Mm-hmm. And I feel like hopefully this touches somebody. Hopefully listening to this really hits a nerve for someone to mm-hmm. choose their future self and not their past self because your present self is solely navigating off, off of trauma. Mm-hmm. So you got you to gotta choose your future self and fight your past self so that way you can be here and enjoy of life because like life has so much to offer and days are gonna suck like today's a good day mm-hmm. yesterday was kind of a gross day but like days are gonna suck and you just have to wake up every day and be like you know what no matter how bad today is gonna be or good it's gonna be we did it and then you gotta have five years right it's literally you against you literally. a thousand percent and I want to tell you how proud I am of you, and I'm glad that you're here and that you didn't go through with that and finding the help that you need because a lot of people do not have that strength in them right now. And um, even even coming out on here and telling your story, I'm very proud of you. Um, and I thank you for that, honestly. Thank you. Thank you for having me. No problem. Thank you for having this platform. We need more oh people God. like you. We need more podcasts as long as it's not podcasts (laughs) talking about like super stuff. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Definitely. But thank you for coming on here. I can't wait to our next episode. Stay tuned for that, y'all. Yes. Yes. I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your day. And yes, see you next time. Bye. Bye.